right, all right. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Transportation and Logistics Clubhouse, powered by Atlanta Dispatch and Humblebee Enterprises. I'm very excited to be here with some very special guests. Uh, we have some of the good folks from Motive Care. We have Philip Wilkins and Ray Blanco. And before we begin, I did just want to go ahead and congratulate the Kansas City Chiefs on winning the Super Bowl. Uh, this particular competition, this Super Bowl has so many amazing stories. You know, it was the first time that two black quarterbacks faced off uh, against one another as starters. And it was also the first time that siblings uh, went up head to head. So, you know, for those things, I was very excited to watch this game. And again, congratulations to the Chiefs. I have not been watching Pat Mahomes uh, too closely over the years, uh, but the brother can ball, man. He, he's pretty solid. Um, people are saying that it's too early to give him the lofty accolades, but his numbers, if I've seen them correctly, uh, you know, for the amount of years in the league, he's already surpassed a lot of the things that Tom Brady has done, who many will argue is uh, the greatest of all time. So, you know, we'll see how that goes. So, look, we have Ray and we have Phil. Uh, did you gentlemen get a chance to watch the Super Bowl? And uh, do you have any comments on the legacy of Pat Mahomes currently? Yeah, I mean, I saw it. It was a great game. And I think he put in a fantastic effort, especially being injured. And that second half was amazing. Oh, I agree. I definitely agree. What about what about you, Phil? Yeah, I, I thought it was a great game. Uh you know, I was rooting for the Eagles, but, uh, you know, because the uh, Chiefs beat my hometown Bengals, but oh, it was a great, great game. The household where I was watching it, predominantly uh, rooting for the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, definitely NFC fans uh, by nature. So I feel you. It was a great game. I enjoyed the competition. You know, anything that would have been like one-sided would not have been as interesting so yeah very excited this conversation right here is about the non-emergency medical transportation uh industry and what you guys are doing over at motive care but before we begin i did want to ask you two to kind of give a, a background how'd you get into uh this sector because it's very it's very niche it's very specific um so phil you and i we met uh not too long ago and uh, we had a great conversation for the people who have not been, uh, you know, uh, fortunate enough to meet you in the past. Uh, how did you get into this role, brother? Well, I really appreciate it, Jory. And first and foremost, I want to say thank you for inviting us and congratulations to you uh, for, you know, building such a great room uh, and adding so much value to the industry, really in such a relatively short period of time. And also thank you for your service and the things that you've done. Um, you have a, a, a big heart in regards to helping other people grow, and that's very obvious. So we look forward to partnering with you in the future. But um, uh, my role, uh, a million years ago, I was in healthcare, um, and then I did kind of a hard right, uh, and I became a, a franchisee, and I owned uh, McDonald's restaurants for a number of years and, and uh, ran my own organization, had you know 400 people. Uh, that worked for me and uh, retired and uh, from that business sold and retired and was kind of sitting around and, and I still had two kids in college and you know when I was 
with McDonald's, I was also doing diversity consulting and those kinds of things. So um, a friend of mine who worked for the company reached out to me and said, hey, I've got a role that you might fit you know, in uh, very well. And uh, so I interviewed and, and was very excited. And uh, they brought me in to head up social determinants of health. Uh, and, and, and a lot of folks don't realize like what exactly are social determinants of health, but it's, it's all those factors. And in many ways it, it boils down to your zip code, like the factors that impact us where we work, live, age, grow and play. And a lot of those factors impact our health and health outcomes and even our functionality as humans. So, um, they brought me in as the, the you know, to, to head up social determinants and then. Uh, last year, we added on community engagement, uh, where I get to to meet you and and great folks like you at the um, at the chamber, uh, but do this around the country and and host workshops and give presentations and tell our story about how Motive Care is addressing uh, the health inequities in communities across the country. And so tonight, uh, I get to bring on my good friend Ray Blanco. Right. Thanks, Phil. And Jerry, again, thank you very much. Appreciate the opportunity. It is great to join you. Uh, my uh, my path in the industry has been very different from Phil's. Um, I actually started at a very young age. I became an EMT, then a paramedic. And I was a paramedic down in Florida for many years. Then I ended up, uh, you know, through promotions and growth. Uh, running a pretty large ambulance company down there. Um, the gentleman that founded Motive Care under a different name several versions ago asked me to join the company. Um, this is about 25 years ago uh, after having worked with the company in different roles from the outside. And um, it's been a very exciting time, I mean, especially NEMT has evolved tremendously. Back when we started the company, there was not such a thing as a broker. Uh, we actually won the first RFP that was put out in the state of Georgia and <laughs> developed that program as a broker for uh, Medicaid. And over the years, worked with Motive Care in 47 of the 50 states working with providers, building, growing. That Georgia model still in many respects is what the rest of the country looks at for uh, developing a broker model. And EMT, again, it's, it's grown and developed tremendously over the years, but that's kind of been my story. Oh, thank you both. I truly appreciate you gentlemen for being here on stage with me and uh, sharing all of the good things that you guys are doing at Motive Care, uh, you know, so I know that you guys have been in the industry for quite some time. You are definitely a pioneer. Um, can you describe your role and how it's grown? I mean, I know that you just touched on it just a bit. Um, and you mentioned even there weren't brokers back then, but you guys do quite a few things more than just brokers. So um, either one of you brothers uh, can take that, but I, I really want yeah. people to understand that you, you, you're touching the industry in a lot of different ways. Yeah, I can take that. So really, you know, our goal is to, like I mentioned earlier, address the health inequities in underserved communities. And we do that really through three businesses, one being transportation, 
that is our, our keystone business, if you will. Um, we do 32 million, uh, we have 32 million customers uh, that we, you know, transport every year and we are a broker and we broker 65 million rides and we work with about 6,000 plus transportation partners around the country. Um, and it's very important for us. That's part of our DNA is working with uh, these transportation partners around the country. Um, and, and the fact that they are locally owned is very important to us because we want people who are embedded in the community. We want to you know, invest in those communities. And we know that if we can help you be more successful, you're going to employ people from those communities. And one of the key components of social determinants is economic stability. So it's a way for us to not only you know help the underserved and help the people who need it most, who are highly vulnerable, but it's also another way of touching our communities that you know in, in building them up economically. Um, and so that's very important in helping people develop strong businesses that they can employ other folks that that live and reside in that community. So transportation is the hallmark business. Then we have remote patient monitoring. And you saw this during the pandemic. A lot of people could not get out, could not, uh, did not want to go out to the doctor's office or whatever. So people had to improvise and we improvised. So we can provide remote patient monitoring, meaning you could be at home. We could check your blood pressure cuff. You could transmit that information to us and we could share that to your provider. Um, and so it's a way for us to help you help people um, stay at home and and still get care and we can meet customers where they are and we do that quite frequently you know i mean we're we're nationwide in that business as well and then along the east coast primarily uh, we have a, a personal care business a, a home health care business uh, we're the second largest home health care company in the country um, and these folks are non-clinical but they can go inside a home and they can provide bathing assistance, cooking, uh, you know, cleaning if, if necessary. So, uh, you know, a lot of non-clinical things, but their role is very important. They have eyes on the patient um, and can provide that, that information back to uh, the, uh, their care provider. So we're always, you know, touching those customers, looking at those customers and, and hopefully providing great data back uh, to our um our insurance partners uh, to assist with the health outcomes of the patients and what we call the members. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I truly appreciate that. And uh, so we're talking about transportation partners. That's what this right here is geared towards to get your name in front of the individuals who are already operating or are you know, in some way interested and have the capacity to operate. Now, you know, for the people who are listening, uh, what what makes a good transportation partner, someone, you know, an, an entity uh, that you're wanting to work with? Like what makes somebody or, you know, an entity attractive to you guys for you to invest in them? Ray, you want to take that and then I'll fill in? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yes, I mean the um, like Phil said, we we have a core business that is to help people. A lot of the transportation that we provide is to fragile individuals, some of the most frail. Uh, they have mental, physical conditions, 
So we are looking for people that want to invest in the in the program in the members. Uh, we're looking for a good partner that wants to provide a service to those members. Make sure they get it there in time. Good equipment. Um, you know, th there's got to be more than just out for as a business. You really have to care. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, there's there's some things that probably would be helpful is uh, not starting with one vehicle. Those are things that we do have a certain markets where that works. But we're looking at somebody that would want to make an investment of two, three vehicles. Uh, have some uh, ability to work the logistics of the building, of the business, uh, bring in good drivers and be willing to follow up on everything that's required, like insurance, training. And we can get into a lot more of those details. But I think as a whole, holistically, that's the kind of person we're looking for or enterprise. Thank you. Thank you. And yeah, Phil, did you want to jump in? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I want to reiterate, I think, in, in some respects, what Ray had mentioned. And, you know, the, the, the transportation partner that we're looking for uh, is definitely uh, a person who has the skill sets, the resources and the leadership. Uh, and I think that's very important um, skill sets, you know, can you communicate? Can you build relationships with customers? Are you committed to a standard uh, in you know, delivering the perfect ride 100% of the time? And yes, there's always factors that are outside of your control, but it's, it's, it's highly important, very important that our customers reach their appointments and reach them on time. Uh, and so that, that is a critical key component. The skill set. Uh, do you have the ability to lead a team and grow a team? I mean, you can, you know, definitely do this business and be a driver or whatever, but you're working in it, not on it, right? And we need people to work on it so that they can grow it and scale it. And so your the, the, the aspect of people development becomes very important. And having that ability to train uh, your team is essential. And then finally, you know, the resources to eventually scale. I love this business uh, from the standpoint that I think it's a very scalable model um, and it doesn't require, you know, it's, it's much like a franchise. Uh, you're working within a system, within a company, uh, but without the franchise fees and, and, and um, you know, the, uh, the, the rents and, and even we're not, you know, there's, there's no percentage of sales that, that uh, we're getting off, you know, your, 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 your rides or anything. So, it's much like a franchise. You're working within a system. You're working for yourself, but not by yourself. But, you know, we also recognize we've got to help you be successful uh, as much as possible. And we are committed to doing that. And so I like where we're headed here. Well, I love it. I love it. And there was one thing that Ray said that I could not, <laughs> you know, highlight enough is the fact that you really have to care. Um, this yep. is, you know, it's a business, but it's the type of business where uh, we're dealing with people who are unable to do a lot of things for themselves. And, you know, with that comes the, the patience and the grace and all those things that you will want of a family member 
or a close friend of yours who, uh, you know, couldn't do those things for themselves. Um, so I think that's I think that's really important. I want people to be able to hear of the opportunity, but also see it as not just, you know, dollars, <laughs> but these are Absolutely. lives. These are these are lives, you know. Right. Um, and Jory, you, you hit the nail on the head, and that's why we want locally owned, mm-hmm. right? People in those communities that live in those communities because our drivers and our, our transportation partners, they do build relationships with people. I mean, if Miss Johnson has to go to her dialysis clinic three times a week or whatever, and you're picking her up every morning at 5.30, 6, 7 o'clock or whatever the case may be to get her there, I mean, that's that's very important. And so you are going to build those types of relationships and you do. And you have to have that grace, if you will, because a lot of these folks are very frail, vulnerable, sick um, and, and need help. And so I think if, 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 if those qualities are there, which is just, you know, that that's a greens fee, then I think when you start to look at the business side of the equation, too, you can really do well while doing good. I hear you. I hear you. Are there, I know that these are, uh, you know, somewhat franchises. Uh, Are there any licenses or any other credentials that these individual transportation partners would need to acquire before they were able to operate? Yeah, well, uh, I I can take that one. Uh, that, That really varies significantly from state to state, even from, um county to county municipality to municipality uh so we we know one of the challenges on NEMT is to become compliant with all of that uh in uh, in a lot of cases there's really no specific licensing other than for the EMS we do have ambulance in our mix but for the basic NEMT uh in some markets you just have to have a business license that's local Sometimes you do have to register with different uh, local entities to be able to offer an EMT. And uh, really, depending on the state that you're in, when we start working with a provider, we cover all that and we help you and we guide you through that process of what you need to be licensed and permitted. Okay, got you, got you. You said, all right, so that last part is, uh, you basically find you, you partner up with the transportation partner and depending on where they are, you guys have the resources that can guide them along that process. Is that what I just gathered? Co- correct. I mean, that, there's, let me let me just go a little bit more into some of the advantages. Uh, if somebody tries to get into the NEMT business on their own, it could be pretty daunting. But, you know, let's if you come to us and I'll give you an example in Georgia, of course, where I'm operating right now for the company. Um, my staff would walk you through the process. All you need here is to have a local business license. And then, you know, if you're you might need a couple of little inspections on the vehicle that are external, um, then you have to register your commercial vehicles. But once you're up and running and we help you through that one of the big advantages that we can bring is that by working through the broker, you have access to multiple MCO clients, to the state Medicaid program, 
uh, you don't have to go out and do a ton of marketing because we can bring those clients to the transportation provider. So we can give you a steady revenue stream. We can have uh, what we call standing orders, which is you know your chemo, your your uh, dialysis. So there's a core to the business that you can build around, and uh, you bring all of those different sources of revenue under one contract, under one billing system. So. Um, we can help the providers that want to get into the industry make all that easier. Okay. Well, that sounds amazing. <laughs> you said that you're able to provide a steady stream of income in this economy. <laughs> uh, well, you know, that's awesome. Fortunately, people will get sick whether the economy is good or bad and they need to go see the doctor. Yes, that is correct. That does not stop. And that, uh, like it was mentioned earlier, COVID still, you know, it, it, it highlighted the fact that people still needed attention. They still needed care and, uh, you know, they had to get it some type of way. Okay. So aside from the vehicle, uh, what are some of the other upfront costs of becoming a transportation provider uh, with you guys? Uh, well, and to get into the NEMT business, it's the, the, well, the vehicles, they, they, they can be expensive. There's three levels of service. There's ambulatory, there's wheelchair, there's stretcher. Uh, each one requires a different special vehicle. Uh, the ambulatory really can be any sedan, any regular minivan. Uh, in certain markets, it makes sense to have a, a, a full-size van, but mostly sedan and minivan. 80 to 90% of the transportation across the industry is ambulatory, so it's no problem starting there. And when um, once you have the vehicles, insurance is the next big ticket item. You have to have auto, that you know, commercial auto, uh, general liability, and uh, we also require uh, sexual abuse and molestation insurance. All these pieces can be expensive. Uh, you know, we work with brokers to try to make it easier for our providers, but a lot of that would have to do with your years in business, your loss runs if you're already in business, but that's the next big ticket item. And then the third one is training for the drivers and attendants. The training could be expensive, but we have made some deals with partners that offer discounted training to our transportation partners. Uh, so we also can help with getting, uh, they're required to have pass, which is passenger assistance and sensitivity. If they do wheelchair transportation, there's some additional training for securement. But those are the three biggest probably expenses is your vehicle, your training, for your drivers, along with payroll, uh, your insurance. Okay, okay. So I hear, I hear. All right. So the majority of the time when I'm having, I'm conducting these interviews, it is uh, someone who is in the on the commercial side, uh, and we're moving cargo. You know, we are moving household goods. We are moving paper, water, you know, things of those natures. But I, I've been hearing 
uh, on this side, the non-emergency medical uh, transportation side, that there is a big liability in the fact that we're transporting passengers. Um, how does that affect your business and your mindset? And what, how should uh, potential transportation partners uh, think about that when they're considering, you know, entering this industry? Yeah, it's um, it's a completely different mindset. Uh, like Phil mentioned before, for a package, a delivery, there are schedules. For our industry, it is critical that these folks make those appointments in time. So really you have to come in with a mindset of the logistics of it. If race, Dallas is start at eight, he has to be there before eight. Uh, a lot of what we do is life sustaining. So that is one big change. And then there is some extra liability because your cargo is human cargo, it's precious cargo. So it's a lot different. You have to be a lot more careful a lot more willing to assist helping people in and out of the vehicle uh, we go back to the type of person that needs to be in this industry which is a willingness to serve and help people um, and then on your wheelchair and stretcher you have some additional liability because you have to have people that are very conscious and secure these assisted devices well and I, I don't know if I answered your question. But. Oh, you did. You know, you did. I mean, at the end of the day, uh, I was told I was told something like this, right? Uh, you got to have that that automobile liability, but it's not just to have it in case uh, you're operating the car and you hit, uh, let's just say, a light pole, and now you damage your car. You also have to have that liability insurance because you got people inside of that car with you and they can, you know, at that point uh, have claims because of their injuries and all of those things. Um, and with the nuclear verdicts that we've seen on the commercial transportation, excuse me, transportation side of things, you know, uh, I can only imagine how it would be when if you have multiple uh, persons in a in a vehicle that has some type of incident like that. So uh, I think that you answered it well. And I, I guess just to to move along, um, you know, I know that Phil, you mentioned how important it was that uh, the transportation providers be one with the community, part of the community. Uh, are you guys actively seeking out? diversity when it comes to your transport uh, excuse me transportation providers oh yeah i mean we're what we're looking for jory is we want our transportation partners to mirror the communities we serve um so by all means we are definitely you know we encourage and welcome uh, a diverse pool of transportation partners uh, we would also hope that the uh, the the diverse pool uh, of transportation partners, if and when appropriate, would be certified. Um, you know, as a minority or woman-owned or veteran-owned business, that would be uh, phenomenal. And, and that is just something that uh, is becoming more and more important in our role. Um, to kind of help your, your, your listeners understand, 
you know, we contract with insurance companies who are typically directed by the state. So the states will contract with an insurance company and say, we want you to run our Medicaid, you know, programs or Medicare programs, whatever. And then they will contract with us. Okay. The states are holding those insurance companies uh, to a, you know, high standard in regards to their minority and diversity spend. Uh, and as a result, they are expecting us to do the same. Um, and so we would, we need that. And, and those TPs, those transportation partners that are certified, I'm sure because that is something that is, is critical to our story that we'd like to share, uh, we'll be getting rides, you know? And, and so there's a, there's an opportunity there, uh, that we need to take advantage of, you know, quite frankly. Uh, and, and, you know, we would encourage RTPs who are eligible, uh, to, uh, to take advantage of, of those types of certifications to do so. And in certain situations, we may be able to assist. Gotcha. Gotcha. So do you have to formally have the certification or if it's a, a woman that owns the business and, you know, she's clearly the owner, uh, does she, just automatically. She has to go through the process. I mean, there's okay. outside agencies, you know, that uh, like the Minority Supplier Development Councils or whatever else, or maybe some chambers or different organizations do that type of certification. Uh, but but they have to, you know, they go through that with with the business owner and they look at, you know, the you know the uh, the income and or the uh, the investments and how is it you know divvied up, et cetera, et cetera, to ensure that. Uh, it is, in fact, uh, minority or woman-owned or veteran-controlled business. Gotcha. So in my world, you know, I, I have certain – I was attracted to certifications because I wanted to do uh, government contract work, you know, whether it be at the state sure. level, local level, or, you know, even with the federal government. And the ones that I went after – they are, you know, they, they basically set aside, you know, I'm hub zone certified, I'm DBE certified and MBE certified, you know, would, would it work the same way within your, your organization, like the set asides, like they would do it with the government, you know, if the transportation partners had those certifications or, you know, how, how would it, how would it affect or influence what they do or what they get on a daily basis? I'm not sure, Ray, and you, you could probably answer that better than I could about set-asides. I don't know how many set-asides there are, Jory. Like, you know, a certain percentage of this project has to be uh, minority-owned, but clearly when we are looking at our RFPs and those kinds of things, people are asking us, what you know, what, what does your spend look like? You know, yes, sorry. Um, so, uh, so, some of our contracts do have pass-through set-asides and, and percentages, not all of them. Uh, I mean, our goal, like um, like Phil stated, our goal is to have that diversity, uh, but the, where we have an official set-aside is usually a pass-through contract from our client. Gotcha. Okay. Now, I hear you, I hear you brothers, uh, both very loud and clear. Um, do you have any specific technology? You know, I guess this is on to the actual operation. Um, people have heard the spill. They are very interested. Uh, they go through the uh, the process of 
uh, getting the vehicles in order, they get the insurance, and now they are in the day-to-day operation. Like, do you guys leverage a certain technology uh, that makes the the operation flow smoothly? Yes, actually, we do have. Well, we we are requiring that all our providers do all their billing and their their trip download all their interactions with us electronically. And as part of that, we do have a piece of software that's called WellRide. We make that available to all our providers for their interaction with us. That software also will do what we call their routing and their optimization of their of their uh, trips. And that is to any provider that's working with us to do our trips is free. Now, a lot of providers do have relationships with other vendors, and that is fine because we do have APIs where we can connect to whatever vendor they prefer. But if they're just gonna be working with us, we might as well take advantage of the free software and um, use our, our software, or they can use our software for free for our trips and pay WellRide for any additional trips that they have. But to, I think it's a big advantage to work with us that you can get the free software that optimizes your routes and does all the billing for you. Got you. Does it ever, you know, like, uh, you know, not to compare the two, <laughs> not to compare the two, but you know, like, <laughs> like Uber, right? You can say, I want to have a, uh, exclusive ride or I'm going to do a pool. Like, does this software ever say that we're going to be picking up, uh, multiple, uh, customers on the way to a, a hospital or to some type of venue? Well, uh, it, it's, it's a very different concept. Um, and this is funny, the, the gentleman that actually founded the company used to have a saying that was NEMT is a shared experience. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some exceptions, but as a whole, the whole concept of the NEMT really does consist of a lot of share rides, especially in the rural areas when you're going, you know, just to give you something I'm familiar with, from Augusta to Atlanta. There might be two or three people that you could pick on the way in. And the way we try to assign the work to our providers is by assigning all that to one provider, because that way we can maximize your revenue without increasing your cost rather than have you do one on one. But um, the, the way we assign the trips is we will assign trips to a provider. The provider can send them back to us if they don't work, if the trips don't work for what they want to do. But um, normally, the more restrictive the provider is, the harder it is for us to give them enough trips to make it a viable enterprise. I hear you. And I guess taking this over a little bit to the to the commercial side, uh, Amazon has this type of thing where they grade uh, their providers. Uh, and if they do turn down trips, it kind of goes against, it's a negative thing. And eventually you get this percentage. And if your percentage is going down, you don't get as many opportunities. Um, you know, you just mentioned that a provider might not be inclined to accept every opportunity. But is there any type of 
like scoring or any type of metrics that happen uh, that, you know, speak to them not accepting enough uh, trips? Well, uh, there's two sides to that. One is it's absolutely expected that some trips are going to come back. But Uh if it is a high percentage, it could affect the volume of the provider in the future. Um, Now, on the other side, and each operation is a little different, but like my operation in in Georgia, one of the things that I look at is how many trips has a provider completed successfully. And I try to build a buffer above that and give them maybe that number of trips plus 10 or 15%. Uh, because also we don't want to overwhelm the provider and make them send a lot back because we didn't do our job right. Yeah. But no. I mean, so the more you do, the more you can, you have the ability to increase in the future. Let's put it that way. Right, right, right. Okay. And uh, I know that you guys have multiple parts to your business. Like we're talking about right now, uh, picking up uh, you know, the different individuals that need to go to their various appointments. Um, would a transportation provider be able to be involved in that business and also be in the, the business where, you know, you guys do food delivery? Like, is that something that they can do all within the same uh, business or do those things have to be separate? Uh Phil, I'm not that familiar with the other side yeah. of the house. I'll leave that to you. Yeah, the, the food business is in development, but by all means, we, we talked and discussed the potential for, you know, one day our, you know, leveraging our network, uh, our transportation network to potentially deliver meals uh, for us. So um, that is, that is you know, um, not off the table. Uh, it, you know, and I'm sure as that program gets further along and baked out, we'll probably consider, you know, how do we leverage our network uh, to uh, give them rides. We are we are always looking for, you know, opportunities. A couple things: one, how can we help our transportation partners grow their business, <clears throat> and two, how do we drive costs out? And those those things are always, uh, you know, really critical for us. Uh, to, to help them, you know, to help strengthen the network. So we know that if we have a strong network and top revenue is growing, sales and the costs are being controlled, now all of a sudden, you know, our transportation partners can grow and expand and help us uh, meet the needs that we have. And, uh, you know, this industry, Jory, is is growing, you know, at a 9% um compounded annual growth rate and in 2021 it was a um you know i think a two uh a two billion dollar business or something like that and it's expected to be 15 billion by 2028 so this is this this industry is growing rapidly and uh you know we we definitely are excited and and look forward to uh helping our growth partners i'm sorry it was 8.6 billion in 21 and uh, expected to be 15 billion in 2028. And so it, it's growing rapidly and we, we definitely want strong partners to help us uh, maximize that growth and, and take advantage of the opportunity. Yes, sir, yes, sir. And you mentioned that these bad boys can be uh, like franchises. Uh, and you know, the, you have a extensive background in that, in that segment. 
uh, let's just say that someone establishes their business, their transportation hub here in the Atlanta area, uh, but they have very capable friends and family members in different states that are inspired by what they see, um, you know, are those those individuals, those companies who started their business in Atlanta able to duplicate themselves in these other places? Um, is that is that something that you've seen? Um, Ray, you yeah, answer I, that I, and then I'll answer that. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, we actually have seen that. We have uh, some partners that have started in one state and then expanded into other states or moved into other states. Uh, you know, it's going to be under some different probably rules and regulations for the new market. Uh, but absolutely, we would work with them to help them get established in another market, uh, whether it's them or another owner. Now, the only caveat is it wouldn't be like this company subcontracting to a different company. But as long as it's the same company or they just open another office there with another you know, set of tax documents and all that, yes, we can. Okay. Yeah. Jory, if I can add on here, I mean, this is what I like, you know, coming from the franchising industry, you know, we offer a franchise-like opportunity, right? So when I bought my franchise from McDonald's, I had to pay them a $45,000 franchise fee, you know, as part of the purchase deal, you know, uh, in addition to the purchase of the restaurant. We're not asking you for that. You know, we're asking you for the startup. And then the other thing is if I wanted to expand, I had to get McDonald's approval to do so. We're not asking you for that. I mean, obviously you have to, um, you know, make sure that you are hitting the benchmarks and the standards here. But if you wanted to scale into other states and you're meeting the standards here, you know, in, in let's say in Atlanta and you wanted to go into South Carolina, but you're definitely knocking it out of the park, there's nothing there that should hold you back. You know, and, and so, and when I look at this, you know, this business, uh, it definitely has the potential to scale. And I think, you know, the other thing is you have the potential to really, uh, in many ways, drive top line revenue that could triple down. And when you begin to get become efficient and let's say, you know, you have 10 rides a day and now all of a sudden you implement the software that Ray's talking about or some other software and you eliminate dead time. And now you get 15 rides a day and then you compound that by adding cars. And so now instead of one car, you go to five cars, 15 cars, 20 cars. And you're getting those extra five rides when the rest of your market is at 10 or 12, but you've got the efficiencies and you're driving that you're going to see that money. You know, you're going to see things start to trickle down and really make a lot of business sense. Um, and so we've got two sides to this equation. The, the first side is definitely the most important. You've got to have the passion, you know, to serve uh, and to help the members. And I think anyone who's on this call has that heart. But then on the other side, it's that business skill, right? And 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 that that capacity and that skill set to really understand how do I grow this business? How do I make myself financially strong so that I can expand and I can grow and I can afford that and I'm willing to make that investment in the infrastructure, you know, in the in the leadership team 
in order to do so and, and to put myself in that position. And that's what I really, really like about, you know, this as a business model, if you will. Okay. Yeah. And if I could just add to that, because, uh, you know, what I said before that we want providers that have multiple vehicles, not just one or two, it's not because we don't want to help that small one or two vehicle provider. It's because logistically, and you coming from the logistics world, understand it is very hard for that one or two vehicle provider to build efficiencies. But once you put five, your efficiencies are multiplied. And once you put 10, just to give you a, a good example, we can give you, a, most of our trips are round trips. So we give you the round trips going out. But if you don't have the ability to move vehicles around to handle those return trips that are going to be individually, not the same time as the pickups to go out, that 10 vehicle provider can build incredible efficiencies above the five and the 20 can do even more. And so the more you grow, the more your efficiencies build. Okay. And so just to make sure I'm following that example, if we're talking about round trips and I'm picking somebody up and I need to drop them off so they can get the services that they needed in the first place, you're saying that the efficiencies come along when I have another transportation or another vehicle that uh, might be able to pick them up once they're finished so that the vehicle that dropped them off is not just sitting on dead time. Is that what you mean? Correct. Your vehicle that picked them up might be still dropping off a route when another vehicle can scoop that person that's ready to come back. Gotcha. No, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And for the people who are already in the industry, like I'm looking in the audience and I know there are several folks who are already doing this, you know, folks that have been teaching others how to do this for, uh, you know, at least a couple of years, you know, um, how, how do you, how can they reach out to you? In, in the in the instance that you know they have the they already have the the structure they have the infrastructure um but you know you guys have the actual quantity you know you have all of the you have the ability to keep them moving consistently how would you want them to contact you well the, right. the easiest way uh, what was that no i was i was gonna direct them to my email and then I can kind of direct them, but what, whatever you would like to do, I'll give my contact info at the end. Okay. No, I was going to give mine too, but the okay. easiest way, because I don't know where everybody is, is right. going to motivecare.com. And there's a transportation provider link there that takes you to a page where you're going to find a lot of information on, on how to become a provider and a link for a small form that you can fill out and then the right market or the right individual in that market can call you right back and get you started on the process. Gotcha. Or so you can email, I can, I'll, give, I'll give you my email address. You can email me and if you're not in my market, I'll get you to the right market. Right, yep, yep. That's what I was gonna do as well. Okay. Um, and look, for everybody that's in here, uh, this uh, link tree at the top, if you click on this link, it will take you to uh, their website. It'll actually take you to the screen on 
how to become a transportation provider. Uh, so make sure you check that out. And I'll definitely put that into the notes uh, when I post this bad boy on the podcast. Um, okay, okay, okay. Well, yeah, that's that's very exciting. Now, we we talked about you have to have a you know a, a essence, a spirit to serve people. You have to want to serve, and it's also the business side of things too. Um, how does how quickly are people getting paid if if they're doing something? Uh, today, when could they expect a payout? And uh, is it all at one time? Like, is it a payment period? What? How does that look? Yeah. Well, we're we're actually looking for ways to make that more efficient. But right now, and that's why we want everybody electronic uh, for their billing. Uh, the, the you bill the trip the second you're finished with the trip, the trip's ready to be billed and automatically comes into our system. Right now we have two check runs every month. So depending on how fast that billing happens, because we give you a chance to look it over if you want to before you submit it. Most of our providers, I would say, are somewhere between seven and 10 days in arrears for the bulk of their business uh, on on an every two week basis. Okay. So can people expect to be getting uh, daily payouts for things that they did uh, a week and a half ago? You know, if they're in no, a no, no, it's it's at two checks a month right now. Okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Sorry about that. No, okay. no, no. All right. Well, yeah. Um, I I mean, if you guys had anything else that I didn't get a chance to cover that you feel like is pertinent to highlight, uh, please let me know. Um, and in the meantime. I'm going to see if, uh, are you guys open to questions? And if anyone had questions? Absolutely. All right. Well, look, I just turned the hand raising on. If you did have any questions that you wanted to uh, come up to the stage, please raise your hand. Um, Very excited to hear you guys uh, interact, especially with this subject. So let's see. We did have a brother join the stage. Hey, Malcolm, how are you doing today, brother? Go ahead and unmute yourself. Boom. Sorry about that. Pretty good in yourself. I'm extremely blessed, sir. Thank you so much for joining us. I believe you are already in the industry. Uh, introduce yourself, please, your, your company, and uh, let us know what your what your question was. Um, I, I actually, I used to own a non-emergency uh, medical transportation company uh, okay. many years ago, uh, right before COVID. Um, however, at the time, we had just partnered with, um, it was National Med Trans. I don't know if you've ever heard of them, but yep. we had just partnered with them, and we were uh, partnered with Access to Care, and they lost several big contracts in Florida. So it literally took our business from about 17 drivers to zero within oh, 24 okay. hours. So I've been um, providing a lot of um uh, a lot of consultations and, and guidance and helping providers uh, get on board with various brokers, uh, including Motive Care as well. Um, and some of the things that I have wanted to kind of let everyone know when it comes to non-emergency medical transportation, it is a business that that is it, it team, uh, it requires a team. Um, so you have to, um, uh, 
you know, it's not a business that you can run by yourself. Uh, you know, um, and as the gentleman said, who's with motor care, um, they tend to want to bring on providers that have five or more vehicles, just because, you know, when it comes to the reliability of completing trips, you know, it, 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 there's a higher, um, a higher chance uh, of those trips being completed. Um, and as he mentioned before, you know, having various software um, in order to manage your trips, you know, because those brokers will also audit those trips. So they'll request, you know, oh, we'll send us, you know, the, the, uh, the signatures of, you know, John Smith, you know, his A leg and B leg, you know, and those trips tend to pay out at a later time. But, um, but again, you know, um, I would encourage even, you know, if you have the opportunity, go and drive for a night emergency medical transportation company just to see how it works, you know, see how the the day to day operation is um, from a driver's standpoint. Um, that's what I did before I became a provider. OK, are you interested in getting back into it? I am um, and I'm looking at um, doing wheelchair and ambulatory at the time when I'm into the business, I was, um, you know, only ambulatory. So I am looking to get back into it uh, again and, and do wheelchair, stretcher, and ambulatory transportation. And Malcolm, where are you based? I am based out of Florida. Okay. 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 Yeah, Malcolm, I'll, like I said, I'll give you my email address. And uh, actually, I'm meeting with the uh, with the VP and the management from Florida on Wednesday. So definitely, I can get you in touch with them. Yes, that would be great because, you know, I, I do a lot of credentialing for other non-emergency medical transportation companies. Um, you know, I have those connections with those, you know, top management and contract managers and executives. So I can kind of move a little bit faster than, you know, the outside in when it comes to getting um, a provider in, enrolled and set up. Um, so yeah, but that but I'll I'll Absolutely. definitely send you an email. Yep. Perfect, perfect. I love that. Uh, were there any other folks who were interested in you know sharing their story or asking a question? Um, you know, no pressure, but you know now is the best time to network. <laughs> Not, nothing like the present. Uh, so I'm gonna just keep that open for about thirty seconds. And it looks like we did have someone raise their hand. Uh, we are. Do, 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 do. Let me see. Is she on? Hey, is that, is that Naja Nay? It's just Naya. <laughs> oh, Naya, my bad. <laughs> no, you're okay. Hi, everyone. Hello. Hello. Hi, so I have a few questions. So uh, if you don't mind me asking, I am actually very new. Um, into the transportation business. My grandparents had owned their own company for about 30 plus years. Um, wow. I actually, yeah, I decided to take over and do my own thing. Um, but it's just been so hard with like insurance um, and kind of going that route. And I'm so happy that this um, platform is open um, for us to actually get information and actually learn a little bit and, you know, see where to go in different avenues because, you know, I, I'm really in need of that. Oh, definitely, definitely. Well, look, um, please feel free to ask your questions. We're happy to be a resource in any way that we can. Um, but if you had anything specific now, please feel free. Yep. 
Um, the only thing I would say is going to be the insurance. Um, like, do you have like any, where's like the place that I could go, like a go-to place that you guys might use or might know that's easy or not really easy, but like easy to get my foot in the door. Yeah, there's um, the, the market for insurance for NEMT has significantly shrank. It's reduced tremendously. Some of the bigger players came, got out of the build of the industry. But we work a lot with a company called Sovereign, and they own a company called NEMT that was built specifically for the industry. So I can get you in touch with, uh, what, what state are you in? Um, so I actually am out of Wisconsin, but I just moved to Dallas, and I've been trying to get everything transferred over into Dallas, but for right now, just Wisconsin. Okay. Uh, I'm not sure who handles Wisconsin for them, but I definitely will get you in touch we'll get with them and they can help them. you. Yeah. Okay. That would, that would be out of, uh, I would imagine, out of uh, Sean's area or... Yeah, no, but I thought it was sovereign. Yeah. I don't know if it's Amanda or, um, but I, I can get you in touch not yeah, only we'll with our touch. guys internally, but with the insurance company. Thank you guys so very much. Thank you. Hey, well, thank you so much for sharing. A lot of people are in the same exact spot. So you, you know, being willing to be transparent is definitely going to help other folks as well. Um, so thank you, ma'am. Hey, welcome to the stage, Miss Grant. How are you feeling? Oh, my bad. It's Johnson. <laughs> hey, Drury. How you doing? I'm chilling. I'm chilling. It's been a while. You know you were the person I was talking about when I said we have folks that have been operating. Listen, <laughs> so I know you was, but I won't get up here and say that. I was just listening. But now, <laughs> um, so I've been in a business. I actually contract with Modern Care. They're one of my four. I do private clients, Modern Care, Access to Care. I do... Um, southeast trends and i do there's one more i can't think of them all but i just only came up here to say something <laughs> because um the insurance is really hard to get into when you're a new contractor i only found one when i first started and um i have her contact information so if you send me an email now i can send her over to you and um she can send you a quote because a lot of the insurance companies won't help a first timer it's only a few out there that help a first timer Normally, if you're in business at least three years, you have more of a open scale to the insurance companies, but they want you to be in business for at least three years before their contract, before they give you um, insurance. So email me and I'll send you the information of the lady I do know who do startup businesses. Okay, perfect. Thank you so much. Oh, and just, uh, uh, I have been in business since uh, COVID started. I just haven't oh. been not really in business, but I've been trying to get my, I've been having my company started since COVID. So I have a few people then that I can send you to. If you send me an email, I'll send you that information. Thank you so very much. And how do the insurance I is high now. I'm not going to lie to you and tell you it's not, but I'll send it to you so you can get some <laughs> um, different prices. Okay. Thank you so very much. That's great. That is awesome. Okay. Y'all have a good day. That's all I came up to say. No, no, no. You can't leave that quick. You know, <laughs> you, I mean, because. Where are you based? I'm in Virginia. Oh, we definitely need to talk. Yeah, I have, um, I run, so I have three offices. I have one in Norfolk, Virginia. I have one in Southampton County, Virginia. And I have one in Richmond, Virginia. Oh, we need to, we need to connect. We definitely need to connect. 
sure I wasn't even gonna come up here and say anything because I was just <laughs> listening and I was like you can't get away without me. You can't get away that easy. Right, right. Thank no, you. No, we we definitely stay on and, and, and let's make sure we uh you get my contact information and, and hopefully you can reach out because we're looking for folks that can grow and, and want to grow. And I and you know, the other thing that I'm encouraged by too is that, you know, you've diversified your business, right? And and um, you know, that's very important. So kudos to you. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. I've been here for eight years now. So, you know, I try to grow every year. That's awesome. That was awesome. Well, yes, ma'am. Thank you again, Tanika. And uh, I'm, I'm happy that you spoke because clearly you've been operating and you have some game. And, uh, you know, I pray that you're able to get some, you know, some 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 heat to allow you to scale even more. Um, thank so thank you, you I wasn't gonna come up here, Drury, because you know I have a school, I have a school board contract too, and my um, office manager called out, so I'm a little swamped because I'm trying to do these schedules for the school board tomorrow. What? Multi it's a good problem to have. I guess. I guess. It's a good problem to have. Y'all have a good night. You too. Thank you much. You're welcome. Thank you. You know, one thing I want to put out there, Drury, is is you know I, I get to talk to the to the leadership and the transportation division, and was kind of asking them about, hey, what what are areas where you know, we would definitely, you know, for me, you know, to 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 go into the communities and kind of tell our story. Um, and some of those areas, you know, South Carolina, Virginia is one, California, um, you know, uh, uh, I can't remember where else. Um, but but anyway, I've got targeted areas where you know they would like me to focus as far as going in. But we have a need nationwide. You know, I mean, we're always looking for great partners nationwide. Um, but, but, but those are just some of the areas where, Hey, Phil, you know, we need you to kind of dial in on these particular areas, but nationwide we're looking. Uh, and so I just want to encourage people, like, if you have an interest, please reach out to me, uh, and Ray and my, my email, I just want to give it here is Phil dot P H I L dot Wilkins W I L K I N S at motivecare.com m-o-d-i-v-c-a-r-e so phil.wilkins at motivecare.com and if you're on linkedin phil wilkins comma cdp you'll see me there and i you know even if you're on find me on instagram i don't care i, I mean I'm, I'm around you know so just reach out to me on social media hit me in the dm and I will, you know, I will follow up and get you to the direct, to the correct people, as well as Ray. And Ray, please share your email and your LinkedIn so that we don't forget. Yeah, LinkedIn, I don't go in that much, but absolutely, please email me. It's Ray, R-A-Y dot Blanco, B-L-A-N-C-O, same as Phil, at motivecare.com. And please, I mean, I can, I can, whether it's Georgia or another state, uh, we all work very closely together. I'll get you in touch with the right people and uh, I'll help you get through the process with them as well. Yeah. And that's, that's my commitment as well. I mean, you know, kind of as, as we do this recruitment and this outreach, the folks that we bring in, I want them to have a different experience. Uh, in regards to exposure 
Uh, I want them to meet Ray. I want them to meet other leaders in the transportation partner. I'd love for you to do a cycle in our, you know, customer service department to learn and understand how orders come in and even how they're paid with our billing. So those are those are some of the changes that we're looking at making uh, to make this more, you know, like a partnership. I mean, we want that feeling and and. And we want you to feel like, hey, you know, this is a partnership and we want you to grow and be successful because we know if you're successful, we'll be successful and we'll take care of our members and our and, and we'll, you know, provide health equity in the communities that really need it. Got you. Got you. Well, look, we did have one other person that joined the stage. It's going to be our last awesome. question. Um, are you there, Miss Henry? I am here. Hey. Um, hey, I, I wanted to say thank you guys for all the information that you guys are sharing. Jury, I know you know my husband, Josh Henry. Oh, from Apex what's Energy. Up? Yeah. What's up? <laughs> what's up? Um, so I am very, very new. Like, I'm just in the starting stages of my startup, right? So I'm from Philly. I just wanted to know if you guys had anything for me as far as insurance and any information that I can do from PA. Um, yeah, the, the filling. Oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead, Ray. Okay. No, yeah, I mean, we, we do have an operation in the filling market. The insurance, I mean, it's uh, most of them are, are fairly national, but yes, I can definitely get you information on the one I was mentioning before on um, Sovereign slash NEMT. Or oh, there's actually a couple of guys in the Northeast I can send you the information so you can get a number of quotes. And um, again, anything that I can help you with. Before I got old and slowed down and started running Georgia, I did. I led the provider relations across the country. So helping providers is dear to my heart. That's what I like doing. So yes. please reach out. Will do. Thank you so much, guys. Yeah, please reach out to me too. I'll be in Philadelphia next week, so I need to know where I where do I get a good cheesesteak and tell me it's not Geno's. It's not Geno's. Absolutely not. <laughs> right? I agree yeah. with that. <laughs> well, thank, yeah. You, yeah. thank you very much, Miss Henry. Matter of fact, Josh told what's the name of the place Josh told me? Because I went to Philly uh, about a year and a half ago and I had my very first cheesesteak. What was that place that he told me? Did he tell you Ishka Bibbles? Uh, may probably. I mean, what's what's another option? Um. Yeah, you would have remembered Ish Kabooboos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, he's in the kitchen cooking right. He's cooking steak right now. Let me ask him. <laughs> I can believe it. I can believe it. Look, y'all. Uh, that's it's Josh's of... place. That's what. It is. Yeah. Right. <laughs> in my kitchen. <laughs> right. For you guys who don't know, I've I've interviewed Josh on this stage before because a uh, phenomenal businessman, but uh, even better person. Uh, he used to be a former uh, dispatch client of mine, uh, but the brother, his 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 skill, his his business acumen was so so on point that you know he scales his company, you know, in a way that awesome. yeah, I'm just extremely proud of the guy. Uh, so to have Miss Neek on stage is awesome. It's a treat. 
Yes. Yeah, he sent he sent me the link. Like, go ahead, because I'm very passionate about um, non-emergency transportation. Um, I actually did do it for a couple of years. I drove ambulatory and wheelchair and children, and Ooh. I've always been passionate about it. So it's like watching him and scaling his business. I'm like, it, the time is now. The time yeah, is now. Really, so. Well, we definitely want to chat with you because that's that's the area that I forgot was a focus area. Yeah. So good. But good um, stuff. he said uh, he sent you to Delisandro's. Yeah, that's what it was. That's where I yeah. went. <laughs> yeah, I was like, it's Kaboos? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. That's it. That's it. It sounds interesting. Right. It's so good. Yeah. But thanks, guys. I really do appreciate it, and I will be reaching out. Please, Please do. Please do. All right. Well, perfect, perfect, perfect. Well, it looks like we are going to be uh, closing this bad boy out. Uh, fellas, you guys have said a lot tonight. You've shared a lot of game and a lot of, you know, insights on how, uh, you know, people can become these transportation partners, these transportation providers. Uh, is there anything that you wanted to say, any closing remarks? From me, just again, thank you very much. I appreciate the opportunity. And everybody that's on the call, please do reach out. And uh, we, we'd love to hear from you. Yep, same. I mean, Jory, really appreciate, uh, you know, you having us on. And, uh, you know, we're just uh, really impressed by what you've been able to build and the value that you bring. And uh, it's been a pleasure. And, uh, you know, once again, find us on LinkedIn at Phil Wilkins, comma, uh, CDP. And uh, Ray Blanco, or you know, email us uh, at our respective emails, and uh, we'll make sure that we take care of you and and help you through the process. Perfect, perfect, perfect. Well, yeah, it's been a pleasure having you both here on stage. Uh, I love the participation, uh, and uh, you know, just tune in next week. I guess tune in Mondays as always as we partner with Freightwave Sonar Team. Uh, we're going to tell you where you should position your trucks to take advantage of the market. Um, and then next week, next Wednesday, uh, we are going to be speaking with another compliance specialist. But, you know, we've been hitting compliance hard at the beginning of the years because a lot of people, you know, despite the rates, uh, you know, being so low, people could survive, but it's the compliance that's kicking them out of the industry, out of the commercial trucking industry. Um, so we're trying to give all the tips and tricks in the game so that you can stay afloat and build in those, those practices, those efficiencies, and, you know, just the compliance into your, your company. But uh, next week, we're going to be talking about data cues and how you can use data cues to potentially get, uh, you know, some of the things off of your, your DOT safety rating. So tune in next Wednesday to find out more about that. Again, Phil, Ray, I, I appreciate you both. And everybody, y'all have a blessed one. Thank you again. Thank you. All. Thank you, Jory. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you, everyone.